Had one one Bruins had won a couple like it was, and the the Red Sox as well can't leave them out. So it was definitely title town up in Boston in the last decade. We're gonna see if we can take that from them though. All right, so real quick, we're gonna get into some hot topics. Hot topics brought to you guys by my bookie. Real quick, family, let's talk turkey and how much of it you can make investing in sports contests at my bookie. The Masters are here, so if you haven't checked them out yet, this is a great time to do so. Lay down some dough in the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players investing at mybookie.ag. Remember that. That's .ag, not .com, mybookie.ag. Tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout? <laughs> and, and, the, and the infamous words of Nas, like, you know, on my corner when it's pay me time, but you guys tired of getting that runaround? That's why we urge you to join mybookie. Ass betting, you win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time investing anywhere else. They even have in-game live investing, so you can take so you can investments after tip-off, kickoff, face-off, whatever you're betting on. Join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps W A R O O M to match your first deposit. Um, just visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Period. All right. So, r- real quick, back to the to the national championship, uh, Fred. I mean, we know football is your twist, but we know you get down with a little bit of everything. So, did you even get a chance to to check out the national championship game? I did, and quite honestly, I loved it because it's been a while since I've really. I used to be one of those people that loved college basketball until the one and done stuff happened. And I kind of distanced myself away from it because I mean, it's college sports. It's you get attached to players for about three to four years. And with one and done, it's not fun anymore. Um, But this one, I really, I got, I really started liking uh, this Villanova team, the way they play. They remind me of a certain team in um, out in Cali, uh, you know, out of San Francisco because of the way they, they share the sugar. They, 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 they drop you off from three, like nobody's business. And well, <laughs> you know, when, when certain players are, drop, are dropping threes from NBA range, drop, I mean, off the bench, by the way, man, it was, right. it was a very good run. And in between that run, Matar Hill somehow found a way to win one, but still. Um, I mean, understand what you're saying because I mean if you look at this particular game and the team that won it you know the the one and done rule doesn't really apply there this team still had guys on the mm-hmm. team from the championship that they won two years ago so exactly. you know you had the, the, the core of the team the, the captains you know you had Brunson um Mikhail Bridges uh who's probably going to leave this season you know after three years but it's it's kind of refreshing to see a, pro- a program be able to build around those players. But that's no secret, though. Even, I mean, most of the time, like, if a one-and-none heavy team makes two or wins the championship, like, they have to be 
they still have to catch that lightning in the bottle, you know, the chemistry and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because when you look at a lot of these teams that go on to, you know, go deep into the tournament and win national championships, you know, it's usually teams that actually got to build um, and have some players there for two or three seasons. Uh, the the one-and-done yeah. guys, we know that they're the most talented, maybe even the most NBA-ready. That doesn't necessarily mean that they can step right in and lead a team to a national championship. Unless you're, they're still learning, unless you're a you know? Coach Cal uh, Kentucky team with Anthony Davis on it. That's a, yeah, that's a yeah. Whole but season, but. Even, even Anthony <laughs> Davis, you know, he was kind of a – you know, he was kind of an anomaly because, I mean, look at it. Coach Cal has the greatest, and and no knock on him because he's still one of my favorite coaches. I mean, he does his thing, but he has like some of the greatest recruiting classes every single year. And Kentucky doesn't win the championship every year, so sure it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Um, you'll sell way more tickets than everybody and more money off merchandising that they're not going to give to the students, but. Because <laughs> they got more big names, but you know it, it doesn't always work. As far as it works, as far as keeping you relevant, keeping your program winning and alive and stuff like that, but it doesn't always win your championship. Um, but yeah, the, the Villanova team and sh- uh, what up, B Austin in the house? But the Villanova team, man, it was I don't know, they were dominant in the in the tournament, man. Like uh, I believe they won all of their games by double digits or more. Um, Michigan started out pretty fast in the national championship game, but um, yeah, that you know by the, by halftime, Villanova had righted the ship because they're that type of team. Like like Fred, like you mentioned earlier, like they're so like they can they definitely can drop you drop you off from three, and they're so deep that even if they don't have a great start, like this, they'll have somebody. That, that can come off the bench like a Dante DiVincenzo and hold everything down until the starters get their stuff together. And then once everybody starts clicking, then it's, it's, it's just gloom and gloom for the other squad. Man. What's, what's uh, B, what's up, yeah, man? Another yeah. parade in Center City, Philadelphia today, man. What, what's going on up in Philly, man? Yo, ch- champion, championship town, Tinseltown. In the east, no. Let me. Let me. I'm I'm. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that I'm shell. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'm shell shot. We don't cheat, and we not friends with Trump. Um, I'm still from growing from growing up a Philadelphia sports fan. So until we win at least another two or three in my lifetime. And even probably then, you'll never see me. But so haughty. Um, I'm 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 humbled. I'm thankful. Salute to Villanova. And I think what I saw with that team, first and foremost, I've seen them win two or three ugly games where their shot wasn't falling, which is their their their, their calling card, right? So the thing that everybody celebrates, kind of like that that Golden State team you just referenced. Fred, the thing everybody celebrates is the explosive scoring, the spreading of the floor, the dropping of the three ball. But they've they've shown and proven that they can win ugly. And I love teams that can win ugly. And they they have proven that they can do that and they're they're very good defensively. So I kinda I kinda knew that they were special. I definitely didn't pick them to win the chip, but I knew that they were a special 
team and an elite team because of that fact. And the other thing that, that you guys touched on is the one and done, right? So when you look at what sports is and you look at where society is, right? So we're in the super, super microwave society. Whatever comes after the microwave, we're in it. We're caught, mm-hmm. we're caught in the web. <laughs> I feel like this team shows that the old way, which really to me isn't even old, it's just building a real solid foundation on players who are committed to your program and growing within the program, competing for the program, that still has merit in society and can still work. It's more than just, I'm going to just go out, God bless Zion because that's my God, but I can do more than just go out and try and find four or five Zions and win the chip all based on them just being original black men from that continent. Like, it doesn't have to just be that. It can be I build a true program, and, and Villanova showed you that. So respect to them. Salute to them. No doubt. And um, crazy. I, I mean, I took away from, oh, go ahead, Fred. My bad. Go ahead. What I took away from this game, and, and they just every time Michigan found some life, Villanova, and it didn't. It wasn't necessarily one person particularly because they did it on both ends of the floor. But they found a way to just squeeze the life out of you. And it was, whether it was a big-time block, a, a good defensive stop, a, a deep-range three, and not just a, a college three, but like a Steph Curry-range three. I mean, we have to characterize these threes now. Like, But for me, when you see a team that knows we, we're dominating you, and we'll let you come back a little bit and make you feel good about yourself. But when we want to put the clamps on them, <laughs> We can, we'll do that to you, and we'll assert our dominance yet again. That was what what I really took away from that game. All right, so, um, like I spoke about early, Dante DiVincenzo was basically the hero of the game. He was uh, uh, named the MVP um, of the the. Well, he was MOP. I'm sorry, they do most outstanding player. Um, with his career high, uh, 31 points. Um, Le- LeBron James even said Dante DiVincenzo uh, made a lot of money in that national championship game. Do y'all think that's the truth? Like right now at this moment, do y'all think he should leave for the NBA after his sophomore season? Um, if, it's, if, it's strictly, if, it's all, if it's all about the money, then – Absolutely. Do I think that he's really a legitimate NBA starter? Hell no. But I I think that he has done enough to warrant a second-round look. I think that that you know how it is, man. As much as we like to act like professional sports management is so scientific and so professional, these dudes get caught up in the moment just like regular people. And so him hitting those shots and playing that well, somebody's – you know, it's, it's – some, somebody's going to pay Odell Beckham $22 million a season. Should they? Hell no. No. Somebody's no. going to do it. 
somebody's gonna do it. This is a lot of, well, a lot of. I I, I agree to a certain extent, and and I also agree with you around where you said he could probably land, maybe late first round, second round, something like that. Um, I kind of think LeBron James, as 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 you know, the same as a lot of other people in the country, might be a little bit prisonerish in the moment. And, and that's not mm-hmm. that's not a knock on Chinzo, what, what we call him. That's not a knock on Chinzo at all because. I actually think he is that good of a player, but I don't think there's enough. I mean, he was a six-man on the team. Uh, That wasn't the only game where he, you know, lit those kind of fireworks by by any stretch. But I actually think going back for his third year, stepping into the the starting lineup and getting a – because he played starters minutes, but he can step into the lineup next season and play captain's minutes. Stars minutes, stuff like you know things like that. I think he go, he should go back for his third year. You know, I don't know if this team is going to win again, but you know he could dominate, be the best player on the team, and get an even better look because teams out there in the NBA can say, okay, we saw him in the national championship game the year before. We all got excited. He came back for a whole season to prove that it was a loop. Whereas now somebody might. Take Late flyer, first round, second round, where you're going to get to make the team in his Andy to Toe. In the direction. Andy Toe, that it, Andy Toe is here on the show. Andy Toe is on the show, Devin. Andy Toe is on the show. I I hear I hear you, I hear you, and we 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 would have to do a deeper dive. But I'm going to say this. I don't know, Fred, whether you're qualified to speak on this because I don't know what your ball your ball game looks like. But Dev, you know there's mm-hmm. a big difference between having the green light as a six man and actually having exactly. to start and yeah. play and help run a team. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, bench, that's where I was going. Difficulties. So he could. But I think, his, I, he I could think if he goes hurt. back for the third B. Not only, you know, yeah. teams in the NBA will basically say, okay, we saw what he did in the national championship game, and we got excited over it. He goes back for a third season, steps into the starting lineup, balls, and proves that the national championship game wasn't some anomaly, wasn't some fluke. Now his draft stock is even higher. So I, I, I think there, you know, I think there's room yeah. for him to, to climb up the board. There's, and he could. There, there's written. What if what if all he really is is a score? Because as much as society loves scores, me included, there's a certain skill set. There's a lot of guys walking around, and and by a lot, I don't really mean a lot. But there's a lot of guys walking around <laughs> Be that can that. drop thirty, <laughs> that can drop thirty in an NBA game on NBA talent. But that doesn't really make them a legitimate NBA star. Or no, you're right. And I, but I think, you know, from what I've seen, I think he's also a pretty good defender. But we all know when, you know, once you get to the NBA level, that's not going to be as that. easy and it's going to be an effort thing. Like a lot of people have the potential to be a great defender, but it's the effort that you put into it that you decide to put into it once you get to that level. Like are you going to want to chase these dudes around? I know one thing, Michael, though, that two-handed my block, is, that was the illest play oh, yeah. of the game. <laughs> my question is, and, and I kind of 
piggybacking off of off of B Austin, what happens if going with your scenario if he goes to comes back for a third year, what if he just turns out to be another what if he's just Jimmer for that? I mean, what if he's JJ Reddick? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I hear you on the Jimmer, but JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick averaging eighteen points right now. <laughs> I, ho- <laughs> I know some team would hope he was a J.J. Reddick. But, no, he way more JJ's athletic than a J.J., though. He, he got way JJ's more than a J.J. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's more, he's that's more athletic than J.J. That's a little disrespectful. That's a little yeah, yeah, you disrespected J.J. <laughs> but at least JJ I mean, you could have said, you know, because I see where you're going. You see what he's doing, B. You know, he's just picking he picking bust, yeah. busty white guys. White, so you could have said Jimmer. You could have <laughs> said Adam Morrison. Yeah, see, I wanted to say Adam Morrison. Yeah. I'm gonna say Adam Morrison another He tried to diss. He tried to diss Duke in their death. I'm gonna say something. Yeah, hey, funny. I forgot. He, he a Carolina guy, so he had to. He had yeah, to throw JJ in there, yeah. but no. I'm, you know. I'm, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something funny. JJ averaging JJ, 17 a game right now, and is like JJ, 80th year JJ in the league. JJ Reddick <laughs> has the talent of a of a dying blade of grass. But he has the love, the heart, the love, the heart, and the desire of an NBA great. And he doesn't know what his talent limitations are. And so it shows up how much of a baller that he is because talent-wise, I don't think J.J. Reddick is very talented at all, but he works so hard. Oh, he wants to do that run like flat-footed. Like there's no athleticism in his body. Divincenzo is a black yeah. dude in white yeah. in white skin and white face. But you know, <laughs> you know the comparison I got. You know, the funny comparison I got. I was kind of we were just kind of sitting around watching the game, and and it's one of one of the guy, one of my homeboys. He was like, "That's Sydney from White Man Can't Jump. He's he's actually good." Oh, you mean he, Billy he, Billy Hoyle? Yeah, no, 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 I'm sorry, Billy. Billy yeah, Billy Hoyle. Yeah, yeah, Billy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's Billy. I mean, he he he, he can he can actually. I wanted to ball. be I wanted to be Billy. I wanted to be Billy Ho for one reason, and it had nothing to do with basketball. Because <laughs> of his because of Billy's. I mean, because um. <laughs> anyway, man. Anyway, like I said, another parade in Philly today, and and people. This is a, this is an argument that's had in Philly. Like, there's a lot of people like, oh, Villanova not even in the city. Y'all on the bandwagon, this and that, but like I'm like they're still having that discussion up in Philly. Like Villanova is a part of Philadelphia's Big Five: uh, Villanova, Temple, Drexel, yeah, and St. Joe's. Uh, Villanova plays their big games in the Wells Fargo Center, just like Temple and everybody else does when they have a big matchup. Um, Villanova's uh, championship parade is going on in Center City. Philadelphia today, so it's like let's let's stop with those arguments, everybody. I mean, because they're the reason those arguments are had be is because people in the city they pick teams. Like, oh, I'm a Temple fan. I'm a you know I'm a St. Joe's fan. I'm a Villanova fan. Like me, it's difficult for me to be like diehard of any school college that I did not go to, but I'm all Philly all the time. So, yeah, whichever member of the Big Five is balling that year, 
That's who we riding with. I yeah. fully admit that. Yo. So, yo, yo, yeah. I grew up around the corner from Temple, though, so there is a little bit of bias. And, you know, yeah. there's a little lean toward Temple. Like, I wish it was them sometimes, but whoever yeah. from Philly rocking, I'm rocking root, yeah. with them. <laughs> I root for every I root for every college team from Cheney on in. <laughs> Cheney Lincoln, <laughs> like we got, got a, a any kind of Philly connection. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, I don't know why they even still having that 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 argument in in the city. All right, so let's get into some. Let's this this is if Fred wasn't the special guest co-host with us today. This was going to be his segment. So, you know, we're still going to do it just because he's here with us for the for the long run. Doesn't mean that we're not going to do his segment. So uh, Fred is going to talk to us about some underrated prospects um, leading up to the NFL draft who could possibly find themselves in the first round. So, you know, maybe some, some surprise first-round picks that – that everybody that that's just not on everybody's first round radar. So Fred, you you got it. Who you got? And my first one, no, and, and you know, you said something about effort guys and guys that don't know uh, they don't know how not so great they are, but you know they they work really hard. Um, well, this guy Taven Bryan from University of Florida, and you know I don't. I say nothing about those the swamp people in Gainesville. I never give them much credit, but Taven Bryan is gonna his name's flying up draft boards, defensive tackle. His get off is second to none. And quite honestly, early in the process That's I what you said about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me when I looked at it when I look at his film I say he he doesn't know what he's doing yet. But he's just a he's just a really hard worker. But when you see his first step, he can he can take over a guy really quickly and get in a back and he can get after quarterbacks just simply off of that. Now granted, when you get to the NFL, it's a little bit different, but I can picture a, a D line coach just hammering the table for a guy like him because they think they think they can turn him into something. Just off of the, the the talent alone, you know, they take a chance on a, on a first round pick, and then when he doesn't work out, they get they fire you. But nonetheless, because he's a Florida, never mind. I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, but Taven <laughs> Bryan is one of he's been on my radar for a while. Um, for me, I, and and he may be someone that we uh, for me uh, and defense has really been one of those things that I really really. Don't really Wait a minute, Fred. Because before you mm-hmm. name the next player, my my bad to rewind on you a little bit, but there were some comments in some of the groups uh, <laughs> that I didn't get to read. Um, mm. Tobias, Uh-oh. who you Uh-oh. know, they, we'll, we'll get him on the line in a little while. Tobias said, he said, tell Fred to embrace the one and done because the U was one and done in the tournament <laughs> this year. <Ooh. laughs> well. Unfortunately for him, I'm not a Miami Hurricane basketball fan, so I, I really that doesn't hurt me too bad. He also I'm said not, uh, uh, Divincenzo should test the waters, but not sign with an agent. I agree with that. Um, and uh, Casey Mack, 38, said, uh, as the great Damian Lillard says, "Strike while the iron is hot." 
in in regards yeah. to DiVincenzo. Yeah. But then Tobias let him know that LeBron also said that Shabazz Napier was going to be big time. <laughs> so are, are we really listening? Are we really listening to the Kang or what? <laughs> and and one more uh, shout out to to Skyview. In the chat room, he said they should eliminate the one and done. Too many kids chasing dreams prematurely. Um, basically, in the days of Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins, Kobe, KG, T-Mac, LeBron, you had to be special to come straight out of high school. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of where it that's where it went wrong. Like in the early 2000s when everybody was leaving high school and no one was ready. So you're getting all of these lottery picks that don't know how to, don't know how to play basketball yet. So a lot of dudes were sitting on the bench. Um, a lot of them were just straight up bust. So it, it's it's a situation. Like if you no longer have that that rule, then the talent pool in the NBA gets weaker faster. And that's why I think like the very early two thousands was was a very trash time <laughs> in the NBA. And even even when we speak about Moses Malone and Daryl Dawkins and people like that, like. I think the real, like the very first player to come out of high school and it was 100% planned was Kevin Garnett. Like Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins, all of those people, it was financial reasons. Like Moses Malone was drafted in the ABA because, you know, he signed to play in school, but his mom was dirt poor, so he needed to do something else. Moses Malone and yeah, I forgot who the who came out the same year as uh not Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins. Um, somebody else came out the same year as him and both of those guys actually had to show the NBA proof of their family's financial situation to make themselves eligible for the draft. So it was a different time and a lot of people had this misconception that these guys just planned on doing that. Sean Kemp same thing like well his wasn't a financial thing he signed with Kentucky got in trouble went to a JUCO never played there and then by the next season he was eligible to be drafted anyway so it was a big misconception that some of those early guys that was their choice because that that wasn't half of them signed with schools and it just didn't work out but my bad, we're on to something else and the callers that's on the line hang tight after Fred finishes his underrated players um, we'll get to the phone lines. So go ahead, Fred. My bad. Who's the second guy on your list? For me, I have to look at Colton Miller, uh, offensive tackle for from UCLA. Not the most refined player, but maybe a team like your Philadelphia Eagles could use him. Uh, simply put, Jason Peters isn't getting any younger, and quite after after the injury he suffered this year, might not be getting any healthier his, either. His career, might, his career might be over. So maybe stick him behind, uh, uh, put him on the right side behind, and let Lane Johnson the right side. I got it done. But, no, I mean, you need the depth. That's how we got where we were this year because of depth. And you have to protect the franchise. You have to protect uh uh, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. Uh, hopefully, this, this Carson Wentz got to protect his damn self. Exactly. How to get his ass and, down. <laughs> and last for me, receiver. The wide receiver be position is a very. 
wide receiver position is a very, very weak position this year. And DJ Moore from Maryland, uh, I hope he's not Tory Smith, and I really hope he's not Darius Hayward Bay. But I'm about to say, he, Maryland receivers he, just don't move the needle for me. Fred, <laughs> they always yeah, fast with some Fred, trash hands. Fred, he, Fred, he's did very you just come on a national? Did you just come on a national podcast to big up a Maryland, a University of Maryland receiver? Hey, oh, man, I did. Change, and, man. And, and I think that? What? And I don't. And I don't get very, I don't get hyped up about any Maryland University of Maryland player because they're all height, weight, speed guys. But for me, when I look at him, he he has that explosiveness. He's eight, he actually has hands. He's and when I look at him, I say, well, if I can't get Calvin Ridley from Alabama, I'm okay with. And I can't get Christian Kirk, o, aka Odell Beckham White, without all the problems and the stuff, the other <laughs> things that you don't want to deal with. Um, if I can't get those two guys, DJ Moore is right there for the taking. And right. if a team needs a very explosive young receiver that you can just use in different ways, not just put him on the outside, run him on go routes, or put him in put him in kick return oh, punt return situation. Patterson. No, see, don't be disrespectful, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> that, that was that was that's just that's borderline Darius Hayward Bayish. Don't don't be gang banger with speed. And and actually, I have one a a virtual unknown Nathan Shepard on the interior line, uh, Fort Hayes State. You don't get name, you don't get schools like this, but he's impressed a lot. Um, I like Cheney. It's a (laughs) it's going to be a long shot that he gets into this into the first round. But when you talk about interior. Uh, lining, especially on the defensive side, it's these guys. You need these players to to combat these quarterbacks who can just sit back all day and just they can just pick you apart. So when I look at Nathan Shepard, he he has the potential to if he gets with the right system because we all know regardless of who the player is, they have to have the right fit. Okay, and Fred, totally off topic, man, but. Kind of on topic. I finally finished season two of um, Last Chance You. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I, I saw the little cameo from your boy. Um, I can't even remember his name. John Franklin the Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still delusional about what he is. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna now keep transferring schools about. until he's like thirty six. Until somebody starts his ass. He is at last time I checked. He's at Florida Atlantic he's with, with DeAndre. He's with Lane Dawson. Kiffin now. Do yeah, you think yeah. there's a chance that Lane Kiffin is going to start him this season? Probably not. Because he seems Dawson to think so. Chance, but, mm, no. Well, like twenty seven, he? I was about to say he's yeah. going to transfer schools until he's like thirty six, and, <laughs> and he's going to be trying to enter the NFL draft when he's like forty one. Oh, so he, we got yeah. another Brandon Whedon situation here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, I hope that degree is in something pretty good. But, but this hey. dude's a little delusional. Um, no, he's a, a little, a little. <laughs> he's, a little? he's a little wow. bit delusional. But all right, that's that's what's up. Uh, let's go to the phone lines real quick because we do have the homie Tobias waiting on the on the line. Tobias, what's going on? Roll damn tide. We're- Roll down tie, and I'm going to tell LeBron James from St. Nick, a.k.a. the King of Fetty, a.k.a. the best coach of college football history. 
that, hey, we still going to do that barbershop show. We don't care you get mad, LeBron. Just let you yeah, know. We're gonna, <laughs> we definitely we're going to discuss that in a little while. Uh, that's a that's a you situation saw, that's happening down face. There. But now, Tobias, we saw you make the we you made the comment about Lebr- uh, LeBron and his talent evaluation. I mean, Shabazz Napier was going to be the real deal. Um, he did get Tristan Thompson like eighty four million dollars. Uh, <laughs> so LeBron, I, I don't know. GM LeBron pass the big names where you know you know he could bring a big name in and and and. Get back to the finals, like when he really has to get down and dirty and do his homework. I don't know about his talent evaluations. Like some of these guys that he got big money for up in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm questioning. Can we be I got. I got to talk this college basketball real quick. We got to be honest about this for a second. Jay Wright and Marvin Bagley or DeAndre Ayton said, "I want to go to Villanova." He'll sign that kid immediately. Now, <laughs> you know. So so now you may have – they're becoming cool. They're winning now. Just like Duke wasn't the cool school to go to at first. Now you're winning. you got a profile. You're in a city like Philly. Some of those players, those big-time recruits, they start wanting to go there now. And no right, coach so is going to turn those players down. You're right, because he's going to have a decision to make. Because I saw him being interviewed, and one of the points he made was when they asked him, where do you go from here, he was like, you know – his biggest goal is to keep the keep the program keep the program pure, and he was like, you know, you might not always win championships that way, but I want to stay consistently good. So when he said that, I assumed he's alluding to what you were just alluding to, Tobias, like keep it pure and not selling out every year to the one and dones. But you're right. Like, what do you do when some of these guys start, you know, putting you on their top four list? Top three list, yeah. top two list. Like, what do you do? Because, like, because do you might have a kid from the Philly the best player in America, you know, because you want to keep it pure. Yeah, yeah what if you got a kid from the area who, who wants like to go you, there? Right, and like you said before, Coach K said that a long time ago. And then Coach K, like, all right, I got to play the game now. It's that bullshit. <laughs> you, you know what happened? You know why Coach K started going one and done? He kept trying to have to um, compete with those Kentuckys of the world while he got Kyle Singler out there, his best player. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just be out there. you know, it's easy to go with Bagley. And let's be honest, because here's the thing about Duke, right? Yeah, they had the one couple of one and done, but they had some better. And everyone's favorite, um, you know, um, everyone's favorite white privilege guy, Grayson Allen, made that jumper. They be in the Final Four right now. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so some of these teams, it, it's all about it's a it's all the tournament is single elimination. So sometimes you what if Villanova lost in lost in the Sweet Sixteen? Will anyone be talking about how bad the one and done rule is now? But here's the thing: if we all had children, right, the boys that want to get to play in the NBA, how many of us are telling you, you got a lottery grade? Hey, go back to school. He gonna tell your kid to leave <laughs> because even though Kwame Brown won the biggest bust in NBA history, he still made sixty million dollars. Oh, he made a lot of money. No, see, see, Kwame Kwame Brown, and that's another thing. Like I don't like he's always on those lists, and and we clown Kwame just as just as much as everybody else. But I don't know if he really belongs in the conversation of biggest bust in NBA history. Because of the role, you know, the little career that he carved out for himself. He played a lot of years in the league. He made a lot of money in the league. 
Like, is he really one of the biggest busts? I think some of the biggest busts are the guys who either got there and was out in a couple of years or guys who thought they were going to be there Morrison. and never even made it. Like Lenny yeah, Cook say, type you know. dudes. Yeah, so, you know, Kwame did, you know. But the thing that was working for Kwame is because even though he was trash, like, he came in with a grown man body. So at least that was going to keep him in. Like, he can at least grab you some rebounds for the minutes that he's going to be in there. He can at least play some defense for the minutes he's going to be in there. But for where he was picked, you know, in comparison to who actually picked him, that's before we, you know, that's before we knew that Michael Jordan was the Michael Jordan of bad GM. And, you know, there was a lot of expectations on him. So, so Michael Jordan and his talent evaluation is just as bad as LeBron's. <laughs> so that's the that everybody can throw into this this god awful comparison that I gotta hear about and talk about every day of my life. <laughs> you know, here's the other thing about that same draft. Kwame Brown came in because I remember that was a draft that the Bulls decided to take two high schoolers back to back. Eddie, Eddie Curry, Curry was, was top five too. pick. Tyson Taylor was top, <laughs> he came a nice player. Pal Gasol, but you know, Shane Battier was a top five pick in that draft. It wasn't like those like the uh, 96 draft we were talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's not like Mike passed up on some Hall of Famer to draft Kwame Brown. Like, crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. and we say yeah. people like Battier and, and Tyson Chandler carved out some nice careers, but they both basically carved their careers out of defense. Tyson Chandler was one of the first dudes who who put the the bullet in the head of the traditional big man. Tyson Chandler couldn't post you up if his life depended on it. You know, he he was just a dude flying in for putback dunks, uh, tapping the ball out, and and getting rebound stats from that. Even though he never grabbed the rebound, so you know that draft altogether was was terrible. So it's, it's always you know in the moment we 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 embellish on some stuff. But, you know, Yo, probably I really, carved out. I really thought Eddie Curry. Him. I really thought Eddie Curry was going to be something. I was fooled. Yeah, that was okay. And like, Curry can never get in shape. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you know what? And like one thing also, as far as like the NFL draft, I'm tired of Kaepernick thing in here. You know the NFL draft, like, like there are some. Pl- it's like, I know like everybody's talking like all these play these smoke screens. Talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen couldn't hit the ocean. He was standing in it. Yeah, he got a big arm, but a lot of guys got big arms, right? Damn. They love talking about he came from a small school. Steve McNair played at a small school, but you know Jeff Fisher ruined him. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz was small school. Flacco small schools. It's not about the school. It's can you play. I'm tired of people making excuses for him. But they, right. they make excuses for him. But they, they want to pick the Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen's apart. They're picking those people apart. And so, like, the draft, it seems like – they always want to pick the quarterbacks, get picked apart. But Saquon Barkley somehow Mr. Untouchable, Mr. I don't run between the tackles, Mr. Un- Mr. I-, I only run great against the bad teams, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, everybody's saying this guy should be number one. <laughs> but I watch a lot of them, but you, I don't see it. Yo, if you, if, if you, if you, you can't hit the ocean when you're standing you're, in it, you're crazy. Yo, you trash. <laughs> Shout out <Yeah>. to Donovan. <clears throat> <laughs> If y'all, man McNabb, if y'all man Donovan McNabb was standing in the ocean, like, <laughs> Water he would throw the ball onto some rock formation that he didn't see, trying to throw it in the water. 
before I hit on my Kaepernick wow. thing, before I hit on my Kaepernick thing, Donald McNair could put a gun to his head, he'll still miss. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing. But, but here's the thing, guys. Y'all killing the greatest like, quarterback in Eagles history. But you know, what? I really believe that Kaepernick. No, it's like what RG three got signed. Now I, I'm not begrudging RG three to get an opportunity. And I'm like, cool. If you just want to give you an opportunity, to take it. I'm not you know? gonna lie to you. I do. But 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 here's the thing though. But 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 here, but, but here's my issue though with him. But here's my issue with him though. They're gonna use that because they're getting sued right now. That's the thing. And, uh, but with Kaepernick, I really believe he, like he was saying before, I think he knows now he's not going to play again. All this could have gone away. It's like I didn't see RG3 at some pro day at Baylor talking about, hey, look at me. I was throwing the ball at a pro day. I want to play football. He didn't do that. But but people picking him up and giving him a look. But Kaepernick is, I got to do this, got to do that. But I believe it's that, hey, it's going to be hard if you're trying to sue the same league, trying to get a job for but my thing is, why aren't? Yeah, I mean, like, I pretty much is, thought once that lawsuit came to, to it's over. You know, to fruition, I I thought that was it. Like with him even trying to get back into the league, but yet, you know, every time somebody gets signed, we got to hear everybody saying, "Well, Kaepernick can't get a run." But I I really like I'm Kaepernick is he's he's like Kawhi Leonard in this whole thing. Like, we don't know what the hell Kaepernick wants to do because he never says anything about that. And I love Kaepernick, and he, you know, everything else he's doing. He's still my favorite NFL player. Um, he's still my favorite quarterback for what he's doing outside of the game. But it's like we never, like, we've been we've been defending Cap and going at people for Cap for the last two years, but we never know what he wants to do because he never tells us. <laughs> So it's like, should we still be saying, should we still be saying this guy can get picked up and Kaepernick can't get on the team? Should we still even be saying that? Like, Cap, let us know if you want to Absolutely. So we can stop saying that if we if we don't have to. I've literally just mailed it in. We know, we know, Cap's not getting back in the NFL. It's not. I'm still no, no, no. Based on principle, I'm still mentioning it every until Cap is forty. I'm still bringing it up. <laughs> I'm still playing the cards because guess what? There's only one when, quarterback. When, can when get you a job play the Colin Kaepernick now. card, it's related to the race card. And when you play the race card and you get called for playing the race card, all you got to do is say, well, who made the deck, created the game, and was the dealer of the hand? Exactly. So Man, we wouldn't have I'll a race this. card to play if you ain't. I'll, I'll I'll say this and I'm gonna run. Maybe having the TV on at work, so you know uh, I saw it speak for yourself. And they were talking about Kaepernick RG3. I noticed well Whitlock a black guy by skin color, but they were talking about three other <laughs> white people on the set talking about uh, he's in a shark, he's this and that. So I say you noticed, but Broussard was on that show earlier in the NBA segment. They didn't bring him out for that segment. They know who to put on to talk about like the Reggie Bushes of the world. Because they're going to be the safe, get a safe Negro answer. Because them guys are campaigning for jobs. Yeah, Reggie Bush loves white people. Reggie Bush That's what is saying. tired at this point. But I get, what you, I get where you're going with it. And you're right. I mean, you're not going to put the wrong person out there. To, to yeah. you, You're not going to put old Shay Sharp out there saying the right, saying the wrong, the, the safe things. You're not getting that. Because... We know we know Cap is getting blackballed out this week. We all know that guy, and and I hate saying it, but there are, there are, 
Colin Kaepernick is literally one of the 32 best quarterbacks in, in this world. I mean, he, 16 to 16 touchdowns to four picks. 30, 32. He's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in, in, in the world, not just in this league, in the world, because we all know playing in this league, you're the best of the best, even though some of them, Tebow, um, really shouldn't be there at all. There, there shouldn't be guys like Blaine Gabbert, Sam Bradford getting paid still over a Colin Kaepernick who had a pretty good – his last season in the league, 16 touchdowns and four picks over, what, 2,500 yards on a Chip Kelly team that couldn't get out of his own way. I, 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 don't, I don't get it, but – I don't think Sam Bradford also, is trash. We do, we do get it, though. I mean, that's why I don't ask the question anymore every time somebody gets – Signed. We're not going to say, well, I'm not going to say, uh, and Cap can't get a run. Cap has been blackballed. <laughs> like, like, no, it doesn't have anything White to ball. do with who's better than him and, and whatever. Cap is not allowed to be in the NFL unless one of these teams who are, you know, if they didn't collude, they're at least all following the same unspoken, unwritten rules, unless one of them gets to the heart and the gumption to go ahead and be rogue and do what they have to do, we know why Cap isn't being signed. That's why I stopped wasting my time comparing him to every quarterback that gets signed. <laughs> like, we know they're going to be some – like, they might state, like they might make a statement. They might call me. They might sign me just to let you all know, no, we're not letting this dude back in the league. So we're going to sign Devin McMillan, who's never played a liquor quarterback in the NFL in his life. <laughs> Like, that's just how it is right now. I I don't keep asking the question. (laughs) I look at, like, my guy, uh, Eric Reed. He might be next. 49ers, too. He's (laughs) he's getting – you're telling me he went from being one of the better up-and-coming safeties in the league to, oh, because you follow Colin Kaepernick, now you're no longer in the league and you can't get a job. There are a ton of safeties that should not be getting signed at this point. Like and I, I'm still naive to think that Eric Reed will eventually get signed by somebody. For him, they might be trying to slap him on the wrist, you know, and then scare him a little bit. But if he doesn't, like wow, <laughs> it's just wow. <laughs> That'd be just crazy. All right, so uh, Tobias, I think he hung up. So shout out to him. Um, let's let's stay with some some NFL stuff real quick. Uh, Fred's team, the Patriots, made a big trade uh, the other day, and they uh, got rid of what I'd like to say, because everybody's saying Brandon Cooks, but I think they traded the the spirit or the ghost of Brandon Cooks, because <laughs> as of February 4th, I was pretty sure that brother was no longer with us. So when they said he got traded – I was like, man, the Patriots they got over on somebody again. They trading Caspers, the friendly ghosts out this piece. But so they traded Brandon Cooks, so the spirit of Brandon Cooks, to the Los Angeles Rams for the twenty third overall pick in this year's draft. Um, there's some more um, picks flying around in this deal as well as a part of the deal. Yeah, the uh, New England also sent the fourth round pick. And they received the sixth round pick. So they're going to get the sixth round, the 198th overall, and the first round pick, the 23rd overall for Brandon Cooks and a fourth rounder. 
136 overall pick. So being a Patriots fan, of course, we're going to come to you first, Fred. What did you think when you when you saw this? Did you think your team then got over on somebody again? I said, Belichick, you sly dog. You got him again. You got him again. You, you know they say, yeah. shame on you, fool me, fine. Same on me. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. I see what they're doing, but I don't know if Belichick's willing to pull the trigger. You know, I, and, and the theory is there's two, one of two ways you can do this. You can go give those two first-round picks for Odell Beckham Jr. I mm-hmm. highly I disapprove of this. I do not endorse this. This is terrible. Don't do it. And then you go pick up Lamar Jackson around on the back end, let him back up Tom Brady. Cool. The back end of that sounds great. Or you can go get a guy. You can go get – you can use those two first-round picks and maybe package them with a second and a third and really use that draft ammo to go up and get a, get one of those elite quarterbacks that we see – in this draft, whether it's, whether it's either Mayfield, which according to, to some is uh, the Patriots really like him. I hope not. Um, which means, Fred, if they do that, would that would that signify the fact that Bill Belichick is now again, un, you know, in control? Because, you know, if it, no. if it were up to him, they would have never gotten rid of Garoppolo. So for them to go back into the draft and grab a, 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 another quarterback – not necessarily, not necessarily because Robert Kraft even said, you know, we need a quarterback, which why trade the quarter? And I get why, because you, you can't pay. You would have had to pay him too much. You can't, the Patriots do this all the time. And granted, I would have, and you, you can call me crazy and you can say anything you want, but I'm going to say the most controversial thing. And you might think it's crazy too. I would have been okay doing the, Giving Tom Brady the Patriot, uh, the Patriot way. It's, it's, Tom's forty. <laughs> Damn. I mean, uh, and I hate saying it, but Tom Brady. I, I mean, I, I understand not, what you say. I mean, because you, you got your analyst hat on right now, so I know it's cringeworthy when you say it. But I understand. I, I understand what you're saying. Trade Tom I mean, Brady he's forty. Because like, simply, at some point you got to move on. He's, he's at some point you have to move on, and we I, see. I got when Tom Brady got suspended uh, a couple years or a couple years ago, and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped on the field outside of an injury. I was really okay with the idea of this Jimmy Garoppolo kid's pretty good. And then he got hurt, but we saw a flash of it. I got to see this flash of it, and it wasn't against um, bad teams. It was against right. the Cardinals defense that turned out to be pretty good a few years ago when their window was still open pre-Adrian Peterson and pre-Carson Palmer falling apart. This was when the Cardinals were right there when talking Super Bowl for this team. And he, he really made plays. So I was okay with it. But at the same time, I can, I can see where people are saying, keep Tom Brady for a couple more years, bring in a guy like a Josh Allen. I don't approve of Josh Allen whatsoever. So yeah, I, me, I mean, so they they really could be in the market for one of these young quarterbacks, but it's it's a different situation than the Garoppolo situation because they get a reset. They won't have the pressure of oh my god, we got to pay this guy all this money. I mean, well, if they yeah. trade up and he's an early pick, they still gonna have to give him 
some sort of a they risk. Still have to pay but it, but it's, it's not, not like you used to have to pay these early picks. These yeah, early, it's not so Sam Bradford picks. making fifty million out the right. gate when right. guys like uh, when when you have guys like Joe Thomas who you're making more than Joe Thomas was as a rookie. Um, I'm about to say was. Game change, Joe Thomas quit. <laughs> the, like I ain't playing with this ball. <laughs> the, the real the real game changer in all of this, and I it probably won't happen. I mean, it's New England for all we, we know, but if Lamar Jackson somehow fell to New England in some way, shape, form, or fashion and got to sit back and and just say, I want to watch Tom Brady for No, years. Fred. But <laughs> be awesome. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, be awesome. Listen to me here. Lamar Jackson is not Michael Vick. He just has the athleticism of Michael Vick. I know. Uh, no, first I, of all, he's not, he's not Michael Vick. I, he's a probably a, a lot more intelligent. That's a compliment, but he does not have the athleticism of Michael Vick, which isn't going not, to kill him in terms of his ability to play court. Do ran a four two five, Fred. He doesn't have that. The, yeah. Michael Vick is one of Lamar, the top Lamar fastest is a players to ever fast, in the league. Fast. He's probably four three, four four fast. But for me, it's not his. It's not his ability to run away from people. Lamar Jackson has that that. And I, and I don't want don't get do not get this confused with me comparing these two players to Lamar Jackson or Lamar. Yo, Jackson Fred, we not stupid on this show. I know you used to dealing with Tom. <laughs> he's the smart guy. He, he, Lamar Jackson has a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers quality where he can no, extend I got, I got plays. You. I got yo. He, that, he if can there's extend, anybody he, he, that he should be watching and want to emulate, it's those two guys. That's that's a perfect. If, if that's what he ends up. Plays, he and could end up all run away from you later because yeah. he can. That's where that changes the game for for a Patriots team. That to be honest, that roster is not all that great if you take Tom Brady off of it. So to combat yeah. that, you 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 use that draft capital to to go to either if Lamar Jackson falls, which I think he I think he will. <clears throat> Lamar Jackson though, I, I am advocating for Lamar Jackson. TB, see Fred, and we and we're used to talking to them too. Fred's used to talking to idiots because that's all we talk to online every day. So <laughs> he gotta he gotta qualify everything. Like like B said, we understand you, man. We know when you say when you bring up those names, you're not saying he's those names. So you ain't gotta qualify that stuff. No, no, I, 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 that's the stuff I, when you when you talk thing. online, people are gonna be like, oh, so now he Aaron Rodgers. Like, is that really what I? Exactly, exactly. Is that really I what I said? Both of you. Lamar, where do you see Lamar ending up in, in, in respect to Deshaun Watson? And which one would you prefer? I mean, right now you, you, would, you would have to say Deshaun Watson, right? Because Deshaun, we have yeah. film on him. He, we've I seen him see do Deshaun it. Deshaun Watson take the, take the Patriots to the brink. And I, I rarely root for overtime and craziness to happen. Man, the Patriots aren't want the that game to anymore. We beat them. <laughs> you know, you know, this is, you're 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 gonna you know, there there's this syndrome you're gonna get. You're getting Super Bowl syndrome, and I'm letting you have it for now. But don't 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 become that. Fred, team. I don't have Super Bowl Super Bowl syndrome. I'm just saying you use the Patriots as the gold standard. And defensively, they weren't anybody's gold standard. Tom Brady, at 40, put them on his back, and he carried them because he – and Belichick is a great coach. But don't use 
don't make that qualifying standard like you're talking about an uber-talented team. You're talking about a great coach and a great QB in a great system. From a talent standpoint, Patriots, I'm not surprised that a, a wildly athletic Texans team can can lay mushroom head on the Patriots <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> For me, when I, when I saw what they, what that, the Patriots were injured really bad, and I and I don't want to use that as a goof, but it is what it is. Not even uttering. <laughs> <laughs> they laid mushroom man. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm trying to anyway. get over that one first. I'm trying to get over that one first. <laughs> Listen, but no, bro, because we talked earlier about like, okay, the Patriots kind of got over. I don't see even if we think that. Because when you look at it, you're like, yeah, you know. I always tell people this, though. When people are doing trades, NBA, NFL, or whatever, I'm not one who who ever really compares the two teams that are trading because each team is doing what it takes to make them better and get them where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So, to, you know, I, I rarely compare the two teams that are making a trade. Like, back, think back to when the Lakers – traded for Pau Gasol, and everybody was like, oh, they ripped oh, uh, the Grizzlies off, blah, blah, blah. The thing was, the Grizzlies were bottom feeders. So holding on to Pau Gasol did what for them? He was the only tradable asset they had. People say the Lakers got over because the Lakers were in a different situation. They were one player away from being a mm-hmm. championship team. So that's how people are going to judge it. Oh, they got over on the Grizzlies. Really? If you think about how that trade went and the domino effects after that trade, that trade is the only reason the Grizzlies have been good up until this point where they stink again. That's the only reason they've been good for whatever, however many years in the past decade that, that they've been good. That trade was what sparked it off. And, you know, an unknown in the trade, Powell's little brother turned out way better than anybody imagined that he would. So that's why I never do that. If you look at the Rams, they gave up a lot, and it looked like the Patriots got over on them. But if you've seen the Rams, like we all have throughout the course of the offseason and going back in the last season, you know this team is on the brink. So they're going for they it have, right now. I mean, look Rams at everybody they signed on the defensive end. Now we they're going to get their young quarterback too, some help because they lost Sammy Watkins. So really, Brandon Cooks is better than Sammy Watkins. So it's definitely an upgrade on the offensive side. They're giving up some picks. What they're giving up with those picks is a little bit of, you know, opportunity to get some depth. But the Rams are not looking at this long term. The Rams are going for it right now. So, I ain't mad at them. But you know what? When when you think of that trade, kind of like how the Patriots did it last year, when you say the the Rams gave up a first-round pick, the number 23 overall pick for Brandon Cooks, is there a receiver in this class? From twenty three from twenty three to one, that is even worth the, that pick, or is even better than Brandon Cooks. I say right. No. So right. I would rather and, but, but listen, Fred, I mean Fred. Even for the guys out there who would say yes, it, it's still a rookie, and we we don't know. So take a take a known quantity. A, even though I saw him way, die on Super Bowl Sunday, take him. <laughs> he by the might way, not really be with him. Wide receiver is next to quarterback is the hardest position to transition to from college to the NFL. If you don't believe me, go back and look at all of the first round receivers who are now. Just look at the Detroit Lions uh, draft 
picks from the last <laughs> two decades. I mean, That's all you needed. If you re- Besides Calvin, they finally got one with Calvin. But <laughs> I mean, can, I, I could just rattle off names like Kevin White, Sted, uh, Tavon Austin, or I mean, you have your Amari Coopers and Jarvis Landrys, but there's there's few and far between. There aren't a lot of great first round receivers. Right. No. 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 No and doubt we, about that. So. Over you know, it, years, like if they were time. able to, you know, because they introduced him today. So I don't know if that was really him talking or if this is like a weekend at Brandon's situation. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's an upgrade over Sammy Watkins, you know, because, you know, all jokes aside, when we're being real, Brandon Cooks is going to be more, well, he should be because it's not really hard to be more available than, than Sammy Watkins. And Are I'm getting you? a little choked up because the monitor they got, they just put LeBron in a Sixers uniform and made me a little upset. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Are you, are you, are you, is some of your knock on Sammy Watkins, his injury history and availability? It, or, it's or mostly his actual availability. skill. Okay. It's, it's mostly availability. It's, it's, but it's even, even when he's on For the me. field, I don't think he's lived up to the Sammy Watkins type of hype. Sammy you know Watkins saying? was compared was supposed to be the next AJ Green, and I right. didn't like, see I, it I, in, and I don't see I, it out. He definitely hasn't lived up to the AJ Watkins. I mean, the Sammy Watkins hype. So see, I'm not saying he's bad. Right I see what you try to do, but yeah, th- there's a lot of <laughs> hype out there, and he's rarely available. And then when he is available, you know, he's just okay. His teammate, <laughs> cool. his former teammate DeAndre Hopkins, turned out to be a much better player than him, and that was supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Andre okay. kind of nice with it. Kind of nice with the feet work. <laughs> All right, last, um, real quick, RG3, just want to get y'all quick thoughts on this. RG3 has signed with the Ravens, one-year deal. Um, I don't know the terms of the deal. Is this like a guaranteed one-year deal, or is there a chance RG3 is going to get cut before training camp's over? Hopefully he gets cut. <laughs> I ain't saying <laughs> Damn, why you want the ball to get cut? Pop rocks and tootie pop. Um, there you go. <laughs> go ahead, Fred. Uh, I, I'm kind of on the same. Uh, I'm in the same room with you on that. You're not messing with the cornball. You're not messing with the cornball, brother. I don't want the CB brother, the CBB, to get cut, man. He no, got a new wife, no. man. He got to make some money. No, I can't. I can't. With he got a new wife, and he got to pay the old one. I can't. I couldn't with RG three back when they drafted when the when the the Washington team did, drafted him, and I definitely can't now. Yeah. But we all know Joe Flacco is going to get hurt again. That back is bad anyway, so you may see um, a, a, a RG three. Who is he throwing to at this point? That Rashad Perryman and who else? Josh. So, I mean, it, it's going to. Well, he ain't throwing to nobody. He's throwing to his assistant coaches on the sideline. <laughs> oh, you talk you talking about now. in Baltimore, yeah. 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 Nobody. Some Italian yeah, some exactly. Italian receiver. Exactly. And see that's the thing for me when I look at Baltimore. He, let's say Joe Flacco goes home and because he has a back issue and we see R G three. Are we really confident R G three can can make something happen? He couldn't make anything happen in, in Washington. And, We're not, and I, but what and if I'm it plays out like this? What if it plays out like this? Because B. Austin and I, you know, we were in the Washington area for the whole RG3 is Black Jesus movement. 
and they thought they were going to dominate the NFC East for the next 10 years. Um, mm. What if Flacco gets hurt, RG3 steps in, lights the world on fire, either keeps the job there or gets another job. No, no, I'm going to say keep the job there because that would hurt a whole lot more. And and just say he turns into a, like a Hall of Fame quarterback 30 minutes north of Washington, D.C. No. How messed up would that be no. for the fans of Washington? Yeah, turn me, you just turned me into a place I don't want to be, but I, def- I yeah. would not mind. I would now not you want mind. Him to, now you want him to be top five. Because I, I don't believe, I don't believe Joe, Joe Skinny, I, I've never had a bad opinion of him, but I've never had a good one either. Like I good one either. Like he's yeah. a take it, a take it or leave it type of dude. Big arm, gets hot occasionally, but on a day to day game to game, you're he's, talking about Joe Flacco or, or Josh Allen. <laughs> the good thing about Flacco is when he gets hot, it's in the playoffs usually. So yeah. if you can get there, then you got yourself something. But Joe can't get him there. Hey, time you, 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 you kind no, of, but what you if that like? What if the story a, plays out like that though? Like how? Like I don't. know, It might be like mass shootings in Washington might go up. Like all right, that's a bad joke, but yeah, yo, people one, will yeah. be upset because they they were that invested in dude. Like I said, I've seen I've seen. Variation. I've seen at least ten variations Yo. of license plates Yo. with RG 3s name on it between Maryland, DC, and Virginia area. Fred, like I don't it think was, you it understand. was something I've never seen before. Yeah. I don't think you understand the level of hero oh, worship I do. I do from black people in well, Washington, DC when they named that dude quarterback when they picked him. They like still, not just license plates. There were Jesus like murals. they don't like Kirk Cousins Jesus because of who he replaced. Jesus, they mural. never embrace ball. I have a very good. <laughs> they don't mess with the ball, Kirk man. He replaced RG. All right, we way behind, man. One more, one more question for y'all for, for football, real quick, man. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. The the rumors now have gone away from the Rams, especially since they made their move um, to Jacksonville. And, you know, they've asked Jalen Ramsey because you need his permission, <laughs> you know, because he might not, you know, they like, look, I don't know if you want to be the only one here. But oh, 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 Jalen oh, said he's down to sign Odell Beckham. So I, I, I envision some very good battles in practice, probably very physical, um, you know, Yo. but, um, Yo, you got to keep them dudes apart so they make it to the season. <laughs> Do y'all think quickly, we really don't want to spend too much time on this, is that a good fit for Odell Beckham Jr.? Tremendous. Or is the uncertainty of uh, of Blake Bortles, like nope. should that be a turnoff nope. from him even nope. wanting nope. to go there? Nope. I, I like nope. the, I like it because simply put, Tom Coughlin drafted him. He knows right. what makes him tick. Right. And Blake Bortles force, is going to force him the ball as much as he possibly can to keep him happy. That so and the fact that Leonard Fournette, the same Leonard Fournette that I trashed for three years, actually seems like he has an NFL life. Get out in I front of it, Fred, before I let you have it. Go so he'll make the game much easier for Blake and Odell is what you're trying to exactly. say. Better running back exactly. than the Giants have ever had in his tenure. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's a – I think it's a um, – I think it would be a good fit, and I'd be happy as an NFC East fan to get him and out of the division. And they're, they're already 
built to if they take might I actually say if Odell plays for that team last year, they might beat the Patriots. Just being honest. Just being honest here, folks. All right, so um boxing real quick, you know, Canelo ended up withdrawing from the May fifth bout, the rematch against Triple G. Um, I'm a little salty about that because just as it was last year, that's the fight I was looking forward to the most uh, this particular year. It's not going to happen, or at least it's not going to happen then uh, because of the whole uh, doping association uh, thing that happened. So I hope they can uh, get all of that cleaned up and literally, and they can uh, move on and do something. And at a later date, quick stat of the week, uh, LeBron James breaks Michael Jordan's consecutive uh, double-digit game streak. Michael Jordan's was at 866, which lasted from March 86 to December 2001. Uh, Le- LeBron, ch- he, ch- he tied it earlier in the week. Um, his started on January back in January 2007, so I believe they've played maybe two, maybe three games since then. Um, so he's he's broken it. He's maybe two, three games up on Mike at this point. Um, how big of an accomplishment do you guys think this is? Yo, salute salute to him. Um, I I would for me take, and I know it's impossible, but I, I take the comparison out of it. And just in a vacuum, I just say, great job, LeBron. It's amazing that you took and scored double digits in over 800 games. That's an amazing accomplishment. Salute to you. Because you know what it is, though? What we talked about with Sammy Watkins. Availability. LeBron is the most durable athlete that we've probably ever seen. And shout out to Jimmy because Jimmy's over in the Czech Republic right now getting LeBron some vampire blood like the homie Phil. Matic from uh, Tissue in the Tape said, you know, that's probably what keeps LeBron healthy and going. Um, Durability, man. But I found – what are your thoughts real quick, Fred, before I tell you guys what I found (laughs) earlier today? Uh, See, I'm the LeBron fan here. For me, I I, I get called the Nick Wright or whatever, but I think – Damn. The durability. I, the dura- I know you're a Brown really, fan, but I ain't never, I ain't I, never known you I'm to be as bad as bad. Nick Wright. I'm not that bad. Um, like, Nick Wright is a part of LeBron's body. Like, he's, you know, like yeah, left testicle. Nobody's yeah, as bad as Brown. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that bad. For me, I think that's a great accomplishment. Still, you got a lot of work to do, and, and it's all about championships for me. I mean, it's great that you scored a lot of points. What has it done? Plain <laughs> simple. What, what has he done? done? But listen, you have three um, titles to show for, for all those points. Like I said, it's it's definitely a durability stat because when you're a superstar of that ilk, like the people who are on the list, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 787, Karl Malone with 575, most of the time when that streak is broken, most of the time it's due to injury. Like you may have tweaked something early in the game and never came back in or something like that. Or, you know, your team might just be blowing somebody's doors off in the first quarter and you needed to, you know. Or we get, get some, or somebody gets some some very much needed rest, yeah. yeah or somebody gets ejected uh, or something like that from the game. Like it ends on some fluke I, most of the time. I'm going to put but some dude, context you know, on this. 
I'm gonna put some context on I'm, this. I'm gonna put way more than context on it after you finish. Yo, but go ahead. Your man, your man, Mike. First of all, when his streak ended, Mike was a middle-aged man smoking cigars, having mm-hmm. dinner with his coach. And in Washington D.C. Like he was forty in Washington D.C. And there was a game. There was a game where Mike was stinking it up. Call it what it is. He was stinking it up, and. Doug Collins couldn't take it, so he pulled Mike. Mike ended the game with nine. The very next game, MJ became the oldest player to ever score 50. So, <laughs> oh, because you know he feels everything is a slight. Like, you don't do that everything. to me. Everything. You at least let him get another free throw before he pulled him. Listen, I'm going to give you way more than context. I found a stat this morning where somebody was basically saying ESPN is trying to feed you that bull crap because usually on these type of streaks, they include everything, including the playoffs. Now, if we're talking playoffs with this streak, then the, then it, the streak is, even, is not even close because what they left out was the fact that LeBron had seven points against the Pacers and an eight-point game in the finals against the Mavericks. So they said his streak really ended at 433, which went from um, January 6, 07 to uh, June 5, 2011. Michael Jordan, on the other hand, if you're counting the playoffs, like they usually do on these type of streaks, yeah, his is at 1,041. <laughs> and his streak went from March 25, 1986 to – that fateful game in Washington the day after Christmas in 2001. So that's the so thing. From like, the time that so I we have to qualify it. If we're going to say that, we're going to say LeBron has the longest regular season streak. Regular but as far as streak period in any game that you're playing, like Big Daddy, Big Daddy ain't, it's not even close. Ain't going nowhere, man. It's not even close. Mike is at 10 To put that in context, I wasn't. I was born three years later after Jordan started this streak, and I was in the sixth grade when that streak ended. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically scored double figures throughout your whole childhood. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. He 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 carried you from he carried from you birth. from like from not birth. even birth. Wait, wait. You said you were born two years after the streak started. Three three years. I was three. born in eighty nine. Yeah, not even no. birth. Like Fred, was like his parents were probably his parents were like talking about like one day we're gonna have kids <laughs> until their kid was in sixth grade. So you know, it, it, that 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 does bring it in, into perspective. But you know, there's a lot of kids out there, some young kids who can say the same thing about LeBron streak. Um, you know, it at least took somebody to their fourth birthday. From 07 to 11 But shout out to both of them man I'm tired of this god awful Everyday New meme With stats comparing these guys And and, oh my god I'm so tired of it People ask me like I know you you hate the conversation But you indulge every time somebody I mean this is what we do Like I don't want to be the the a-hole Sports guy when people ask me stuff Because I'm tired of talking about it I just tell them Get out of here So yeah, I don't want to be that guy But I'm so tired of talking about it I think the comparison Is way premature on a lot of levels But 
both sides of the argument, especially when you get to the super stands of both of those guys, like they make the argument very difficult because LeBron's people, they sometimes don't seem to believe what they're saying. That's why they dig up a new analytic type, you know, statistic every day, and they just keep pouring it on every day. So it's like you keep doing this. It's like you're trying to convince yourself. And then you have the Mike people who are so non-objective about Michael Jordan, so biased about Michael Jordan that no matter what they see and what you show them, it doesn't matter because in their mind, there will never be another player as good as Michael Jordan, whether we see it or not, whether it's happening now, whether you, whether it happens in 40 years, they're just not going to admit it. Just like old guys from the 60s will tell us FOH when we tell them Michael Jordan because nobody was better than Will Chamberlain. So <laughs> that's just a part of it. But it's like the conversation goes on. People say the same stuff. It's like we're going round and round in circles every day. Yeah, and I'm a little tired of it. But anyway, yeah, I, that's not, I am too. That's not going to stop it from happening. So shout out to both of them and their double-digit streaks. Um, real quick, uh, before we move on, uh, you guys can check out our website at worldroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. So we're going to talk real quick about a few things that happened this week while y'all were on the grind. And on the grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. You guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same tired old sports list, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and comparing two players from different eras all the damn time? Well, be sure to pick up your copy of sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports. And hip-hop culture will keep you on the edge of your seat and laughing like you're watching a comedy special. Just go to sportstobook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Either way, don't miss the movement. All right, Damian Lillard, who actually got injured, but that's not what we're talking about here. You know, a few, like a week before the playoffs, his brother um, has been shot outside of a mall parking lot. Um, he's a 20-year-old Jarrell Lillard. They said he received first aid at the store at a store inside the mall, and he was taken to the hospital. The severity of the injuries, at least that day, was unknown. I haven't followed it to, to see, you know, what was happening. But, you know, looking at this kind of stuff and where Damian Lillard is in the season right now, probably a top-five MVP candidate, like, could you guys imagine that this would be type you know kind of a distraction prior to the playoffs starting? I, I don't think anybody expects a loved one or family member. Well, I can't say no one, but in his position, I don't think many expect to hear, yo, you know, your younger sh- sibling caught some hot ones outside the mall. Like that's not you know, a, a, a regular occurrence. I don't know what type of lifestyle the young man was living, but uh, pro- uh, assuming he's on good terms with his brother, financially he doesn't have to engage in anything that uh, would lead him into harm's way. I would, I would hope, I would think. So right. maybe this is they just said, they said it, it. They said they think he he may have been a victim of a targeted attack. So maybe it's mm. not because of anything he did. Maybe it's. Because of who his brother is, maybe they think, mm. you know, he's carrying a little something at the mall. 
Um, the crazy part is the shooting happened the same day that Dame Lillard and his girlfriend announced that she gave birth to their first child. So he said he was on an emotional roller coaster because he sound, was like sound like a Royce the Five Nine song. Yeah, he was like doing. He was at his highest point and his lowest point in the same day. So um, yeah, he, he was in stable condition him. when it happened. So I don't think it's anything too serious. But until they actually investigate and find out why it happened, like you would think Lillard and his family would have to kind of stay on alert. You know, this could be people just, you know, could be jealousy. We're gonna rob you because you Dame Lillard's brother and y'all got some money. So who knows, man? Y'all know how it works. Y'all know how it works. So um, LeBron and his people from Uninterrupted have sent Nick Saban and Alabama uh, sent them a, a, a letter from the lawyer claiming copyright infringement because LeBron and the Uninterrupted, Uninterrupted has the little uh, show that they do. They had two episodes of a show called uh, – wait, what is theirs called? Because Alabama's is called Shop, Shop Talk. I think LeBron's is called The Shop. And the premise of the show is, you know, guys sitting around in the barbershop talking sports. Basically something we've all done since the beginning of time and the beginning of haircuts. Uh, Alabama has an unreleased show called Shop Talk, which features um, Julio Jones and Nick Saban engaging other players in barbershop chat as well. So LeBron and the cats from the Uninterrupted sent them a letter saying that they had concerns about the format of shop talk, stealing elements from the shop. That Let me read you the quote before I get your opinions on this. It says, your continued exploitation of shop talk infringes uninterrupted copyright, trademark rights, and other valuable intellectual property rights in the shop and significantly damages uninterrupted commercial prospects for the shop. Do you guys think LeBron and uninterrupted has a case here? I don't. Um, I really don't. I don't think so. Simply put, there are, there are other shows like this, and you target one of the biggest entities in sports. I mean, it's Alabama at this point. They're making a, quarter, a half a billion dollars nowadays in, in revenue. Why are you not only targeting them? I I think. Frankly, they're the only people they can target because all of these guys get their ideas from the little guy. I don't know how many times, you know, one of our shows, either ours in general or something we did on YouTube or some some show on the network, and I can't remember how many times shows from bigger entities copied and did the exact same things that we did. Now, the problem in all of this is copyright, trademark, you know, all of those type of laws, are, are they, they can become quite complicated because there is a such thing as copyright and intellectual property. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is one of them because whether or not LeBron and, the, and those guys are trying to scare them because we've, we've done that as well. We've threatened people with legal action if they didn't cease and desist on something and it never got to that point, you know, the bluff was never called. In this case, Nick Saban is basically saying, oh, no, we're going to continue to do 
our thing. So, and then LeBron came back and said, well, the lawyers will basically hash it out. But in this yeah. instance, it just doesn't seem it's like I see sports shows taking from other sports shows all the time. Like from the the, 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 the inception show, of the like Yeah, from the inception of like uh PTI when now you have other shows with the with the same kind of topic bar going down the screen and the two guys disagreeing with each other, even if they really don't believe what they're saying. Like, I've seen that grow since PTI. I've I've seen a lot of things with the same format. I mean, Skip Bayless left his show on one network and did the same damn show on another network. Same format, same everything. So I don't know how much, you know, copywriting this type of intellectual property can really get you because it's going to be hard to prove that they're doing exactly what you're doing to the point, to the letter of the law, Unless, you know, I mean, unless they're just stealing things blatantly with, with no regard. And reading up on this, it does say that the, you know, Shop Talk has a lot of the same type of things, same type of graphics as the shop. So so who knows? I think the worst they can do is to make them change the format a little bit of the show. But I don't really think he has a case of making Alabama just cease and desist on doing their show. All together. For me, is it? Is, do you really want to go? Uh, how, my question to LeBron James is: Do you really want to go go to war with Nick Saban? I mean, I Nick going, Saban. Nick, Nick Saban got this multi-million-dollar university, you know that that has his back. Like LeBron's rich, but he Nick ain't Saban's as rich as Alabama brand. University. He's, Nick Saban and Alabama are are one and the same now. They are the Jedi. They are the Force. Do you really (laughs) want to go to war? Go to war with? I mean, Nick Saban Um, can just say, um, "Would you like to put put rings up against it?" And whoever, I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, (laughs) But do you really want to go to war with Nick Saban? I mean, you're not just fighting Alabama. You're fighting the SEC and possibly the NCAA. We'll see. I mean, the first, the, the crazy part about it is. You know, for the little guys who don't have the money this to stuff copyright happens to us all trademark the time. things. And like, if you look up Barbershop Talk, you go to YouTube and look up Barbershop Talk. You go to Google and look up Barbershop Talk. Man, you're going to come up with dozens of shows that both of these uh, entities probably stole ideas from. That's the crazy part about it. Like, you steal it from the little man, but then when somebody does something similar to you, <laughs> then y'all ready to get the lawyers out that's, that's, call that's out the, the American. So. That's the American way. You go after who you, who you can go after. And, and there's two ends of that spectrum. Either you go after, you don't go after the big guy because he's big enough to smack you back and you think that, you know, you'll lose. Shout out to yeah. the artist. So, I mean, we've been in some or, situations where we definitely or, had to catch. We've been in situations where people actually use our name and our logo. I'm like, all right, come on now, like, like stealing ideas, like you know, that's the one other, thing. The other, the other end and at of the end of the day, you really can't do much about intellectual property the, the, <laughs> unless the other, it's like some invention the other type end of that stuff. Is like you say, Deb, the small guy doesn't have any money for LeBron to go after, nor do the small guys have the money to go after him. So you know, they just don't even exist. So you know, he's just playing a game. I doubt LeBron 
is at the helm of this. I think, you know, LeBron's legal counsel came and talked to him, and he gave a head nod, and, and Maverick said, cool, now it's on. Like, it would be interesting. Oh, no doubt, but LeBron has to speak on it because whether it's true or not, you know, they always want to give the the image that LeBron is in charge of all of his businesses. So, I mean, that might that, – I mean, that's 100% why LeBron – when Saban said something back, LeBron just gave that that short, easy answer. Like, okay, we'll let the lawyers hash it out. And, you know, what else is he supposed to say? But uh, <laughs> Skyview said LeBron is just salty because Survivor's remorse got canceled. That's all. He'll be all right. I'm salty about that, though, because I love that show. <laughs> Survivor's remorse was I that work. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good show. Um. And uh, Casey Mack, on our last conversation, he was like, uh, Kobe consecutive is in the 200s. LeBron will be appreciated once he's done. I appreciate uh, LeBron now. I, did, yeah. I, I appreciate so LeBron now. And B. Austin pointed out that without the comparison, he, he's giving them props. What we're basically tired of is everything has to be that comparison. <laughs> like, that's 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 the tiring part. Like. I, I think LeBron is plenty appreciated right now. But, I think, you know, that the, stat that I brought into it, that wasn't mine. I'm just reading what somebody countered with. Like, they didn't count the, the playoffs. And most of the time when I do hear them talking about these type of streaks, they do count the playoffs. So who knows why they left it out of this You know why they left it out. But at least if you're going to leave it out, at least say that. Say regular season. Don't just say – Streak right. if it's not true because there's more games. Oh, shout out to Robert Moreland for uh, pointing that out and getting it published. Right. And of course, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna count preseason. That don't count. But playoffs, <laughs> that's more important than the regular season. So you, I mean, how could that not be a part of it? All right. So there was an MMA fighter. Um, I don't even. Uh, did y'all see a story about the MMA fighter who, who turned the tide on a. <laughs> Or somebody that attacked him on the street? No. No. I hear about that. No. Break it down. I I, I didn't even read the story. Somebody told me about it, and I'm like, hmm, that'd be interesting to talk about. But the fact that none of us (laughs) read it (laughs) might not be interested. All right, so I'm I'm here now. It says uh, an employee at Ultima Fitness MMA fighter was recently attacked by a stranger in broad daylight in downtown West Palm Beach, but instead of becoming a victim – Jose Cortez, who is also a former MMA fighter, turned the tables on his attacker. They said they said it's on video, too. Video captures the moments after the man tried to attack him. When he tried to attack me, I put him down, and this is where I finally put him down until police got here. So dude was walking down the street, and man just tried to choke him from behind. He tried to put him in the rear naked, and then he said he kind of held his wrist and put him down. He keeps saying put him down. I don't know what he did to put him down. But he said the attacker stopped resisting after finding out who he was dealing with. Yo, B, when we used to frequent those MMA fights in Maryland, we used to talk about that all the time because dudes would come out and be so unassuming, like dudes that look like they couldn't fight. And you're like, yo, why is he on this card? And then he'll be in the ring destroying somebody. And we used to always talk about the fact that, like, yo, this right here is the reason why you can't just judge blindly, a book by its cover. 
yeah, you can't just blindly deal and disrespect people on the street because you don't know who's into this MMA thing these days. Now, shout out to to the homie Billy Bage, a.k.a. Hank Rawlison. He was talking the other day, and he was like, see, that's why you got to look for that cauliflower ear. If you walk up on a dude mm-hmm. and he got a cauliflower ear, Let you don't want alone. no smoke from him because he's been leave in some, some battles. Yeah, you, 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 leave, you leave him alone. But this is exactly why you can't just assume that the little scrawny dude that you see on the street, you know, and y'all have some words over who was next in the line at Starbucks. This is why you can't just be on the street fighting anybody because you think, oh, he looked like somebody I can beat. It don't work like that no more, man. <laughs> These dudes will, like this dude said, quote, put you down, and, and that'll be all she all she wrote. So shout out to dude doing what he had to do in his situation. There was a Michigan graduate who lost out on what could have been a $1 million payday when Michigan lost to Villanova in the national championship game. Yeah, this this dude, uh, graduate Derek Stevens, he made a bet. Um, but he did have the foresight, they said, to hedge his bet with a, with $330,000 on Villanova. So, I mean, it sounded like dude had enough money where it didn't matter that he lost anyway. But um, the funny thing is the owner of uh, this hotel, this restaurant mogul and billionaire of the Houston Rockets, who owned the place, the Golden Nugget, where the bet was made, he just put this dude's information all on social media. Like he found out about this story because he put a tweet out that said today could be the this is prior to the game. He said this today could be the day that I make Derek Stevens one million dollars richer. You know, if Michigan beats Villanova in the final four, his twenty five thousand dollar bet at my golden nugget is a one million dollar winner. So, um first of all, I wouldn't want my sports investments and my tickets, the photo of his ticket being put out there for the public to see, but um, it's crazy, like how dudes be out here betting this much money on stuff that they can't control. So, all right, so we're we're gonna end the show on some some basketball talk, but before we do that, let's uh get some quick birthday shout-outs. And the birthdays are brought to you by the Creator, whoever you believe in, <laughs> whoever helped give you life. That's what they bought by. <laughs> no sponsor for the birthday segment right now. So, um, <clears throat> oh, the creator is the ultimate sponsor. Yeah, no, no doubt. All right, so uh, having a birthday, Matt Bonner turns thirty-eight. Shout out My to Matt birthday. Bonner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the realest basketball basketball player ever turned realest analyst ever, Stephen Jackson. <laughs> keep Mr. Keep it a hundred. Trying to get back in the league. It turns forty. Uh, member of the, the big three. Uh, Ike Hilliard, former receiver, former NFL wide receiver. He turns forty-two. And we old. Oh, oh, Ike Hilliard is forty-two. Yo, you uh, old, Tony Banks. Tony Banks, the original quarterback of the two thousand NFL Super Bowl champion. Baltimore Ravens, before he lost his job to Trent Dilfer, turns 45 years My old. And MLBer, former MLBer, Chris Carpenter, turns 53. So we like birthday. to Yay. 
give a War Room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. And if you guys check out our website at warroomsports.com, you know, make sure while you're there to look around, see everything that you can see. But if you want to call in and speak with us about any NBA topics, you can dial the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, press 1 if you want to talk. I think we got some calls on the line. We're going to start this NBA conversation, and then we're going to get to you, so just hold tight. <clears throat> All right, so the 2018, and I'm sorry, i got to pay a bill on this one. The NBA Wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank. For an effective online presence, top-quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and yes, financing options are available, so visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203, and for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homies at War Room Sports sent you. <clears throat> All right, so the... <laughs> The 2018 Basketball Hall of Fame class has been announced. Um, has some some folks on it uh, that that were questionable. But before I get you guys' opinion on this, you got to remember it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not just the NBA Hall of Fame. So when you make that, they take into account everything you've ever done in your basketball career. So. Even <laughs> even the playground. So the Hall of Fame inductees are Ray Allen, Maurice Cheek, uh, Coach Lefty, Lefty Drizel, uh, formerly of University of Maryland fame, Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Charlie Scott from the WNBA, Tina Thompson, Rod Thorne from the executive ranks, and Rick Welts. Um, they all were... Uh, basically saluted at the Final Four this past weekend. So let's talk about the modern-day guys, the guys that we watch from beginning to end. You got Ray Allen, Maurice Cheeks, uh, Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, and Steve Nash. So you guys see anybody there who, you know, if you had the vote, you wouldn't have put in the Hall of Fame? Um, yes. Absolutely, because um, I stick to uh, our commitment here at the War Room to a very, very, very high standard. And, uh, you know, salute to uh, to our brother Jimmy, who's uh, off in Southeast Asia rescuing toots uh, from the perils of their life and preaching the gospel to them. Um, he came up with, you know, or, or I wouldn't even say came up with, but was definitely the purveyor of, the rules, the War Room Sports rules for the Hall of Fame. Can the story of basketball be told without you? Were you dominant to the point where, I mean, super dominant, as in top top three to five at your position for an extended period of time? And, you know, statistically dominant and the eye test. And so those, those are kind of the criteria that I use and – I'm actually surprisingly I'm okay with Grant Hill um, because of the longevity of his career and and I feel like what he did 
collegiately and the dominance for his first seven or eight years in the league, I, I, I can live with him in, in the hall. Steve Nash, I was a little on the fence here, but I understand. Two-time MVP. You have to because it's the object of award they gave him. It could, it could be but the MVPs, you have to, even if we feel he didn't deserve them. He got it him, could, so yeah. It, it could be it. it could be said that he was top three at his position for for a sustained period of time. Jason Kidd, I'm cool with. The one that's going to get me killed and <clears throat> keep me out of my home city, uh, perhaps forever. Maurice <laughs> Keith can't get in the Hall of Fame. He can't get in my Hall of Fame now. I mean, the the greatest, probably the greatest thing I've seen from him was his ability to get Mo Cheeks, but I I can't really support him in the hall because I never felt as though he was a top five at his position. Statistically, I didn't feel as though he was dominant. And I, 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 I arguably, I could tell the story of basketball leaving Mo Cheeks out of it and still Can be you? able to tell that story. I, I, I feel as though we, you know, I know the thing the is, I, I don't necessarily no. disagree with you, B. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with you. And when we do our HOF or FOH, if I was pressed to give a vote on Mo Cheeks, I don't necessarily know that I would put him in, but I do understand what the case for him is. I think his case is similar to like an art monk in football. Whereas, you know, when you look at the greats, you know, when you look at the very best point guards um, in NBA history, even though he was very good, I don't think his name comes up in the very best, the very cream of the cream of the crop. Even though these days, B, we we pretty much know that the Hall of Fame obviously isn't reserved anymore. The Hall of Very of the, Good, cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean ours is, but the real Hall of Fame is not really reserved for the cream of the crop. But like I said, he has an Art Monk-like case in the fact that when he retired, he was. Um, the all-time leader in steals, and at that point, I think he was also top five or six in in assists in NBA history. So you have to look at it that way. I think the reason that we give him a harder time with this look is because it's happening so far after the end of his career. But Mm -hmm. another thing that goes into that is, you know, his coaching career as well, which I didn't think was great, so that really shouldn't be what puts him over the top in a a Hall of Fame argument. But he did sing the national anthem with the little white girl when she couldn't remember the words. So, you know, that might have put him him over the top. So, no, I I understand what you're saying. You look at his averages in the NBA and all of that, and you're like, this is what they're letting in the Hall of Fame these days? But his case is probably built on the fact that, hey – Numbers change now, but when he was when he was done, yeah. he was tops in one category yeah. and he was top five in another category. Like Somewhere. Art Monk was, Art Monk had the most receptions in NFL history when he retired. Now, his numbers are trash compared to all the wide receivers that came after him. But yeah. at the time that he retired, that's that's the case I could make for Mo Cheeks. But if pressed to make one. I, I, I'm, I, I can't I can't bang with Mo and I and I love Mo Cheeks game, um, and I'm trying I love, to I love I'm Mo trying to, I love Mo Cheeks as well Mo Cheeks um, <laughs> every every man should love Mo Cheeks but I I can't make 
I, I have to take my bias, my Sixers fan bias away, my 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 chip bias away, and and just say, you know, who was he to the game, and how dominant? I just I can't. I know I can name at least ten point guards that are that are better, and probably seven from his era that I I, I just feel yeah I can't I can't go with Mo Cheeks, Ray Allen, and Chris Webber. Those are two guys that I'm gonna get lambasted for. I don't feel as though Ray. Everybody Allen, loves Ray, man. Everybody. Everybody loves Ray. Loves Ray no Allen, call so. from me on Ray Allen, and he got Ray. my team a championship. So Ray, yeah, Ray. I'm, I'm with y'all. I'm, so that's all three of us. I don't know uh, about Jimmy. No, 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 no he was supporting. He was support. I think Fred is supporting Ray for the Hall because he got oh, his team. No, 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 no call no, from me. None. No, he said no. No, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm and not with Ray and, because I, I don't think that. Oh, you, he was saying, and he even got my team a chip, but I'm still not putting yeah. him in the hall. I got you. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. When I when I look at Ray, and and I know, you know, again, listen, uh, uh, Fred, Dev, and I, and and Jimmy as well have a very hard grading system, and I know where you'll go with this with the skill set of what we know Ray Allen had. Jesus Shuttlesworth to what he became and why he's in the hall now, he's a disappointment. He ought to be ashamed of himself. For, for me, when I when it comes to Hall of Fame, it, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, baseball, football. It doesn't matter. My grading scale is this: Were you were you able to? Were you the best at your position? Mm-hmm. Never. And did you change? Never. Did you change the game? Were you? Nope. And and, and I, when I think of Ray Allen, I don't. I already saw. I, I've seen Ray Allen already. I mean, I've seen that. I mean, I saw Reggie Miller already. I, I've already seen that. No, so no, but listen, listen, and listen, listen. It's a now shame. Now this is one thing we do have Ray. to give Ray for everybody uh-huh. who really didn't see him prior to, let's say, his Boston years, when you know he sat back and was just a shooter, like. And B, I don't even know where I'm going because I always say it. From a skills standpoint, from purely a skills standpoint, there's, in my opinion, no shooting guard ever in the history of the game that had a better overall skill set than Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. Now, where Ray Allen goes wrong is, I think he underachieved with that skill set. Because Ray Allen could have easily been Kobe Bryant. He could have easily been... That's what I was alluding to. Listen, listen, Dev, look at what Fred said. When Fred thinks of Ray Allen, he brings up Reggie Miller's name. Now think about that in terms of what we know Ray Allen really was. And and, and, and and, and see, for me, you got to understand my basketball. My basketball experience started like knowing that not that you're a little kid and you're you're looking up to these players. Oh, these guys, players are cool. no like actually knowing the game. Ray Allen was a shooter by then. Ray Allen was in right. Seattle, and, and that's what that's kind of what I think B is saying. He's he's saying by you saying that by somebody who came along later than us and seeing Ray Allen at a later time than us. By you saying that, it proves what we've said about him all the time. Because you most know. people just look at Ray Allen as a shooter. As a great And I think it's a, a shame shooter. that he let himself. It I, it's a shame that he let himself uh, 
you know, lie comfortably in that nook because he had so much more with him. Like, when I watched the movie He Got Game, and you just watch him get down in some of those scenes and all that stuff, and you know what he can mm-hmm. do, and you know Ray from the college days, you're like, yo, this is not just a movie. This is what this dude can do. But when he gets yeah. on the court against people that are supposed just, to be on his level or better, the Kobe's and people like that, the Tracy McGrady's, he used to shrink. When Ray you know Allen, when 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 Ray Allen was in, was a buck. Uh, uh, he had hops. He had they, handles. They, traded, he had they got rid of shooting. Sam Cassell. There was three quarters to maybe an actual full season that Ray Allen ran the point for Milwaukee, a point guard. He ran the he brought the ball up and started the offense. Like, people don't even know that. Like, when you think of Ray Allen, the comparison to Reggie when Miller, I, that's no knock to Reggie because Reggie is one of the great all-time greats, but Reggie's skill yeah. set was super limited, and we know him for hitting big shots as a great shooter. Ray Allen was a great shooter, but he was so much, much more than just My, a three-point shooter. And exactly. should have been. And see, I appreciate Ray Allen more now as I've gotten older and knowing what he is now. He was He wasn't just – the knockdown shooter, he was an actual – he could ball. Ray, Ray would cross you over, go behind the back, come down the lane, and have his elbow above the rim. Yeah. And then, but, I, you but, know, but, moves, like, but moves he, like leaving the Celtics to go to Miami. Like, I think that all plays into your legacy. Like, even – like, LeBron. LeBron is one of the greatest basketball players that I've ever seen in my life. Him on the court can never be questioned, in my opinion. But – the decisions that he make, I think it has to go with his legacy. Joining up with Dwayne Wade, joining up, you know, with Wade and Bosch to to the form higher, that Miami, the higher, and then the higher up when the you mountain. when you bleed that situation dry, you, you look back to Cleveland like, okay, yeah. they got a young Kyrie coming up. Let me get this shoot. They just got this number one pick. Let me get him traded for another superstar, and then I'll go back there. And then now it's like that's drying up, and rumors are that he's looking for another wave to ride. That yeah. kind of stuff way, goes into way, your legacy. Can't, it's can't, not going to stop LeBron from being in the Hall of Fame, play. nor is it going to stop him from being, you know, one of the top five to ten basketball players of all time when it's all said and done. But I really do think that it has a lot the, the, to do with this whole greatest of all time that people are trying to push. I really don't think, like, the, there's the not higher, much he the can do you unless climb. he runs off the next five chips. There's not much he can do. Yeah, it's coming to it. Can, can, can I be a little – Hold on, Fred. Hold on, Fred. The higher you climb, the higher you climb up the mountain, the less you can criticize us as pundits for splitting hairs and nitpicking. The higher up you climb, <laughs> the less you can criticize <laughs> the, us for splitting hairs. The, the, the magnifying that, glass gets closer to you when yeah, the higher you climb. Closer. So the, oh, fact ahead, that, the, the fact that we can talk about LeBron like this, it means, hey – he is climbing that, that mountain. He's trying to get to that for Rushmore me, that a lot of people oh, are prematurely yeah. already putting him on. But go ahead, Fred. Yeah. For me, and one, I'll even go I'll go as far as I don't think LeBron's ever going to win another title. I said that a year ago. Ooh. I don't think he's ever going to win another title. I hope you're right. But, it depends, <laughs> though. If he, he might go – if he goes out west and joins one of the powers. Like, if he goes out and joins Houston, then – we had to yeah, revisit. That's, but I hear that's what it, or if he does something absurd, like I'm going to join the Warriors, or you know, <laughs> that that's a different story. But if he stays in Cleveland, like I think I have a good feeling that he might, because 
see the the LeBron is as much as LeBron is about his titles, he's also about being about his money. And I have a sneak, I have this theory about LeBron ever since he went back to Cleveland. I feel like that was more Nike than LeBron. Mm. And, and, and just, because they wanted to, they wanted to complete the story. The prodigal son returns right. home. You the know how much money we can make off of that. Mm-hmm. The whole "I'm coming home," the Diddy song, and all this other stuff. I don't. I, you had a team in Miami that they were willing to bring. And granted, I don't think Melo's a great player, but he's a great one-on-one player. But I don't think he's a great NBA player in, in general. But you, you had the Miami Heat were willing to bring players in. They were willing to cut salary, and you say, I want to go back to Cleveland to go team up with Kyrie Irving, who hadn't won anything, go get rid of um, Andrew Wiggins, who we see now doesn't want to be a number one, and rebuild. Which means he would have been the perfect complimentary player. He'd have been the number three to LeBron, and he played defense. Kevin Love, but that's a different story for a different day. I mean, you love D-Wade, but you don't want to. Andrew Wiggins, who kind of plays similar early. But that's not – that's rather here no there. My theory in, in all of this is I think that's more Nike's doing than LeBron's doing. But LeBron knows the money – because if you've ever paid attention to LeBron's career, he only takes three-year deals, and he always holds the team accountable. So he's going to hold Dan Gilbert's feet to the fire no matter what. But he's in debt. Nike said Nike's pulling the streets. LeBron, you stay in Cleveland. You stay the prodigal son. You won your title. LeBron doesn't have to do anything else at this point because he's won his one title in Cleveland. He can he can just make the playoffs and make the finals every year and go three and ten, three and twelve in finals. Well, and obviously, and you LeBron fanboys, you know, y'all give him props for making finals. So if he's yeah, the doing that, he can be the greatest player. Yeah, 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 people keep talking about how many times he's Love made that. it. Well, I thought the object Jordan was to win. But listen, we only got like a minute, and a couple people, um, Skyview said Ray Allen leads all-time NBA three-pointer field, which is one of the things, you know, that's the reason that he has a case. Plus, you know, Ray Allen put up good numbers, so I don't, I don't knock them for putting Ray Allen in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, my cream of the crop argument which doesn't mean a damn thing these days, Skyview, because obviously the the Hall of Fame isn't about the cream of the crop anymore. Um, so we could throw that out the window. Um, he said, I got to rewind. He said, Mo Cheeks was that guy. Y'all saw him extremely short. And, yeah, at the same time, that guy meaning what, though? Because on the 76ers, he wasn't that guy in the way that we say that guy. He was a very good point guard, but – Come on, you played with Doc, Moses, Andrew, Tony, Bobby Jones. He wasn't that guy. It's not like they were looking to cheat to win them the series. But Mo Cheeks is still one of my favorite point guards of all time. But favorite and greatest, Twelve, two seven, different things. So I can't let my bias get in the way of that. And then Casey Mack in the Group Me group said uh, LeBron goes back to South Beach next year. I know Fred would enjoy that. That's the only move Fred would like. Everything else is like blah. You come back? All right, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. And uh, Casey Mack said, okay. Casey Mack also said, if Mo Cheeks gets in, Rondo will too. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> he might, though. I mean, come on. Look, everybody freaking gets in these, these days. 
the NBA Hall of Fame is a participation trophy in itself. Yo, I, all the only thing I hope is that Starberry gets in, since it's basketball Hall of Fame. If it is basketball, you know what? If they want to say win. that, they'd have a very hard time to justify to us him, him not getting in. You can't keep him out. I mean, he's the fact that he was over there in the first place Fred, was a lot of the reason, you know. China. Like, he's literally if you, if Stefan Marbury doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, then they can kill all of that. It's not just the NBA. And, and NBA-wise, he had a hell of a career before he was, you know, deemed a bad guy and basically banished from the league. So, yeah, that's a great point, B, and we're going to start pushing for that. Stefan Marbury better make the Hall of Fame if they're just going to put every other person in the world in the Hall of Fame. They but no, Joe Scott, Dumas no not because, you know, Cheeks is definitely one of our favorites. We're just trying to not to let our bias get in the way of, you know, what we're trying to do here. But look, everybody, I want to thank all of you for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, uh, the War Room Sports Game Time on the GroupMe app, and all the callers who called in to holler at us if we didn't get to you, our bad. Try us next week. Special thanks to the homie Fred Perdue for co-hosting with us. And safe travels to our brother Jimmy, getting back from Transylvania with LeBron's vampire blood. Uh, tune in next week, live right here on demand, as we catch you up on everything happening all around the world of sports, including continuing coverage of the NBA playoff preparations, NFL pre-draft coverage, and a whole lot more. So until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook and Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or at warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.